0: Hey, everyone. Abby Wendell here, one of the producers of Invisibilia at NPR. If you listened to the last episode, The Great Narrative Escape, you might remember that I talked a lot about slow TV. I mean, I went on and on about how it could help us as individuals, help our society, maybe even, like, save our democracy. So, yeah, I got on a bit of a soapbox about it. Just would not let it go. And the hosts of the show, Yo Wei and Kia, probably to get me off of my soapbox, threw down a challenge. Abby, go make slow radio. I could not resist. If you can, I suggest listening in headphones. Maybe take a walk, lie down somewhere with a view of the sky. It also might not hurt to partake in an endorphin-inducing activity of your choice. You know. Like, exercise. Okay, here we go. Invisibilia does slow radio. Slow TV?
1: Are you familiar? No.
2: I, I don't know what uh, Norwegian slow TV is. is.
1: Are you going to make me watch fire? <laughs> is that what this is? Is, it, is that what it is? We have options. We can do a fireplace.
3: Oh, yeah. Mm, yes, baby.
4: A fire is really pretty to look at.
3: Oh, I love it.
4: There's knitting.
1: Just watching people knit.
5: The boat trip. On the herdigruten. Wait, he's winding up. Eighteen hours of salmon fishing.
6: He's He's still reeling. There we go.
5: Did he catch anything?
2: No?
0: Is anything... Anything popping out?
1: I too. Oh, um, you know what appeals to me? I gotta say one of the train ones. Hmm. Should we do the Arctic Circle
5: one? For some reason, the, the Arctic Circle one. I mean, this train journey north of the Arctic Circle is calling me. I'm going to be honest. Should we go with the Arctic Circle? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to start at the beginning?
3: Yeah, of course. Okay. Ready? Yep.
0: Watch.
6: Here we go.
7: Here we go. Green light.
6: Now we're getting train tracks.
7: Ooh, train tracks.
5: So we're seeing the train leave what is presumably a stop, maybe the train yard, right? Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah, and it's like we're looking out the window at the very front. Everything's very gray, it's a gloomy, cloudy day, and there's a lot of, there's a highway next to us, there's a lot of concrete buildings. We're in like an industrial situation? There's like a scrapyard.
7: Yeah.
5: Oh, there's all of a sudden there's some uh, graffiti. Mm Mm-hmm. We're passing another train. That's exciting. It's red.
2: What I'm really delighting in is being able to look straight forward instead of out the side of the train. It's an entirely different view. Getting to look down the tracks. There's this real feeling of moving, almost flying down the tracks, if you look at the tracks.
7: I now find myself looking at the tracks.
5: rounding a curve.
4: And they did like a a camera move, like perspective move to the left.
2: (laughs) I physically want to turn when it does that. It feels weird not to turn when it turns.
5: It looks like the train is moving from, like, in a city to, like, outside of it. So, like, now we're in a residential area. We get to see lots of cute houses, but they're slightly getting bigger and more far apart. hmm More space between houses.
1: Ooh, that's a farm.
2: Now the red, the red I just saw there, uh, I know that in some of the Nordic countries, homes are often red.
4: The um, connection between Norwegians and that particular red color, it comes out of this one mine and it's some kind of oxidized, like oxidization that makes that specific red color.
5: Picking up speed. Oh, this is pretty. Oh, so now we're going through some sort of miniature canyon? What is this? I don't Mm -hmm. even know where we are, but there's like high rock and trees around us and it was like a little pinch point. And now we're out into a beautiful little lakeside town. Yeah, we're like
1: right up on the water. We're just hugging like a bay.
7: Yeah.
2: Now you can see the the lake or the inlet or the fjord.
0: Well, could you explain actually for Americans what fjords are? Um,
8: Yeah, I'm from Norway, Trondheim, (laughs) in the middle of the country. They are just extensions of the ocean um, going into the country, so they are like rivers but more like lakes Um, and um, they are salty most of them are are salt water some of them are a bit of both because we also have these waterfalls coming down the mountainsides with fresh water so there's there's a mix there Um, and the colors are are sometimes amazing uh, quite turquoise um, special colors Um, and also we have a lot of strange uh, species coming in sometimes. We sometimes have sharks, and um, what's the name of the, um, uh, the species of, of, of whale? Um, that's white and black, the free Willie
0: <laughs> Oh, orcas.
8: Orcas, yeah, we have orcas as well, and, and tiny, tiny whales as well.
1: first time I ever saw a bald eagle I was on a train Mm. and I saw it out my window because I was taking a train in Washington state and they were right on the coast.
0: Can you tell me about the bald eagle?
1: I love bald eagles. (laughs) I mean I was I was I was I was I was going from Seattle to Bellingham Washington and I think it was like a two-hour train journey and And it it follows just like this does, right along the coast, Um, right along the you know the the Washington coast line, and there were all these bald eagles. Um, They might have been eating trash, like there might have been a dumpster there. Okay, so it wasn't as picturesque as you're thinking, but it was really cool nonetheless to see them. And you could, you know, you could see like little islands and the Olympic Peninsula. It It was just like it's just cool to experience the landscape in that in that way.
8: I'm just curious Aurora is there a lot of like water recreational activities that occur in these fjords? Yes definitely a lot of a lot of boats um in some fjords you can sail as well we have some cruise ships not too many though um and there's a lot of uh fisher boats and um it really depends on the season though because it's co- it's quite cold during half of the year <laughs> Um, so a lot of people prefer to fish along the sides of the fjord on, on land. Um, but I, my, my family comes from the north of Norway, even though I live in Trondheim now, which is in the middle. And my grandfather was a fisherman and his father before that. And so I, I've seen pictures of, of these tiny vessels they were on. And uh, it's amazing that they lived for so long <laughs> and were able to to make a living. Um, I believe it was really hard. The fjord also delivers this uh, special air in the cities that they are connected to. Um, I lived in Czech Republic for four years and that's in the middle of Europe and I remember Landing on the airport in Trondheim, which is when you land on the plane, it feels like you're going into the fjord because the airport stops from the beginning. And uh, when you get off the plane, you this that the sensation and the air and the cold, and it's just it's the most wonderful feeling. It's difficult to describe.
7: makes me remember I used to take um, New Jersey transit from New Jersey into New York City and back Mm. and um, and the old trains had windows that you could I mean they had them for Uh, years uh, you know until I forget when the last one just kind of you know died and They were all replaced by windows that you couldn't open. But you used to be able to open the windows and stick your head out. Mm. Especially when it went over water bridges. Stick your head out and smell the water.
2: And I'm wondering why we're slowing down. It seems like we're slowing down.
6: Well, here we're coming into an exchange.
7: So we're almost at a station. Oh, it's
1: a station. Oh, and here we are. We're pulling into the station.
2: Oh, we have a stop.
7: Toget vil få et lite rute-messig opphold her ved Hummelvik Station. Da det ikke er noen plattform, så beder att at alle, alle utgangsdører må holdes lukket. Meditation please, a short stop in Hummelvik station. There are no platform area on this station, so keep the exit doors closed please.
5: We are just stuck at this train stop
3: what's
7: what's happening here abby are we fast forwarding like what is this a year has passed and we're in the same spot
3: And cars
1: keep going by, and there's a truck that went by, and the train is just sitting on the tracks. Like, who knows what's happening right now? We have a red light.
3: It's the longest red light (laughs) in cinematic history.
7: (laughs) I may have to go to the club car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can I have a coffee, please?
1: Do they, Do you think they have to sweep the train tracks? Do you think that was that thing?
2: My parents met on a train platform uh, in Wichita, Kansas, in the in 1947. And uh, one of my favorite stories growing up was hearing them talk about how they spotted each other on the platform, but how they both equally were conspiring to figure out a way to to sit in proximity but not be too obvious.
0: Who made the first move? How did they uh, connect?
2: Um, my dad was sitting uh, Behind and to the, on the other side from my mother one or two rows back and they were both smokers and she was smoking and he was trying to quit and he, call, he, he called her a sadist <laughs> that's how it started never
0: so. heard of that as a pickup line <laughs>
2: it kind of worked I guess
1: Oh, people are getting on. Are on board. Hi. So Hi. 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 Welcome,
7: Welcome aboard. Is, uh, Thank you. Oh,
2: there's the conductor.
1: Look at that mustache.
2: He looked like he should be a tuba player. Yeah, he does look like a tuba player. I also wonder if that's a common style in Norway. It's not so common here. I've
8: seen a lot of um, crazy designs. I know they have their own moustache club. The, the train conductors do. Yeah,
0: hmm.
8: um, and they have their own parade when we have our national National Day, um, and they have like boats in their moustache, and it's <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's neat.
8: Yeah. There oh, we go. Oh. Oh. Oh.
2: There we go. Ooh. Passing that
7: interminable red light. Okay, we're picking up
0: Times. Yeah. Do they make? Do they whistle? What? Do they whistle? Do you have you ever have you heard like the train whistle?
6: Yeah. And and there's even been some times where it, like where it goes like right next to us.
3: Mmm.
6: Because it's at like because on the way to the library, there's like this. There's there's like a lot. There's a train that's just gonna, they just go right past
7: it.
6: Is mm. there a railroad track right next to it?
7: Yeah.
0: It's cool. It is cool.
8: It seems like it's raining.
5: Yeah windshield wipers are going, which is adding a new element. So it's blurry, the view.
4: Mountains in the distance.
2: Looks like we're going through a little bit of a forest now, into the pine forest. Oh, and there's a house on the hill.
6: trees. I've always um, lived near woods, so the trees are very calming to me. I'm seeing the mountains in the distance. That's also very calming, and I, I love hiking. I got married in the mountains. I actually have a, a tattoo with mountains on it on our anniversary date, um, and also, um, I don't know if this is I hope this isn't like oversharing, but my we um, my sister passed away uh, a few years back, and she we we spread her ashes in the mountains. So that's like a very powerful symbol to me. She loved being in nature and being in the mountains. Um, so that that specific mountain is actually in New Hampshire. Um, Wow this is like bringing a lot. It's bringing a lot of feelings out.
0: she liked to hike in the mountains or
6: yes yeah Mm -hmm. she was um she would hike barefoot because she was she was always barefoot um but yeah when we would go hiking together she would hike barefoot and then sometimes we would run down the mountain together she was also a runner um (laughs) I have a lot of good memories of that
7: where are you right now?
6: I'm just outside of Syracuse, New York. I actually just moved to New York from New Hampshire about a year and a half ago. So we're not like in the woods, but there's little pockets of woods near us. I, I grew up near um, University of New Hampshire, and they have college woods, they called it, and it was a great network of trails um, and there were a bunch of other woods like that where I grew up. So it's really nice. I miss being near those areas.
7: You can find a lot there. I used to live in Ithaca, New York, and we used to do quite a lot of hiking and cross country skiing and stuff. There's the good network of trails near, at least near Ithaca, I assume, you know, they extend all the way up to Syracuse. So.
6: Yeah, I'd love to go like hiking in the Adirondacks more because we're relatively close there.
7: Mm-hmm. So that would be nice. Why did you move to Syracuse? I don't know if this is what we're supposed to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we're on the train now. Just like.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I moved because my husband's family is here, so we have a couple. Um, we have a couple little nieces and a nephew. that would love to be around for yes. them growing up. Yeah,
7: Were you knitting or something over there, Kara? I just gathered together my mending. So I've done my husband's pajamas. I've done a (laughs) purse of mine that that had ripped out. I I have a pair of pants, and I'm starting on a jacket. Because, yeah, I just thought that this would be the way to do my, my mending. That's piled up. Where are you? I'm in Cleveland. Hmm? So you're up in Michigan, right? I'm in Ann Arbor, yeah. I was going to say, actually, that where I've taken the most trains is in Eastern Europe (laughs) and Europe in general. Does this feel like the trains from Eastern Europe? No, the trains in Eastern Europe are a little more rickety. Like, they're older and more shabby. This feels very deluxe and rather smooth (laughs) and then you know Romania like uh we went last maybe two years ago now and we went from Hungary to Romania but they have two different track systems so once we were finished with in Hungary and crossing into you have to change trains because the tracks get narrower or wider or one of those crazy things that like they couldn't agree on a track size so Everyone has to get off one train and get on the other one.
6: Oh, it's starting to get mountainous. I like that. Yeah. And a few conifers.
3: It's really pretty. Yeah. I like it. This doesn't, but the earlier section really reminded us of Montana. It Didn't did. you think?
6: Like the mountains mm-hmm. with the low hanging clouds. Yeah. It reminded me when we went to Bozeman.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I was thinking.
7: I think we're about to go into the mountain. I see the tunnel coming up.
1: Ooh, we're going into a hillside.
3: Yeah.
4: Oh. oh, it's a tunnel. <laughs> oh,
3: that's pretty.
1: Oh my God.
4: I like seeing the the little bits of light that I know my natural eye might be able to see more detail in. But the camera just shows the little glimpses of things in the tunnel.
8: I don't remember the length of the longest tunnel in Norway. But I believe it takes around 45 minutes, an hour to get through.
3: Wow, ah, that's a long one.
8: For people who are claustrophobic, they have made these like gigantic domes inside with blue lights with stars on the top so. It's almost like northern northern lights.
5: Now you see this little dot.
6: <laughs> that tiny tiny
5: little dot of light getting bigger and bigger as as you uh, come closer to the to the other end.
4: I see an icy landscape, and we pan to see a beautiful lake i think it's a lake it might just be a large flat snow surface um it's the exact same color as the sky the gray clouds but you can tell that it's broken apart by the mountains that separate it and we're passing little red
6: houses That sense of remoteness and silence. The farthest north I've been is Tromso, which is um, above the Arctic Circle. The sun never goes above the horizon there until, I think, the, like the 20th or so of january it peaks a little bit above and then goes right back down so i've been in tromso for the day when the sun comes back and it's like oh my god look there it is you know but the rest of the time it's just this sort of twilight I like how they're really boxy. Yeah. Simple, plain. The little box with the triangle on top. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Are we north of the Arctic Circle
7: here? It does feel like we're coming here to an end.
1: We're pulling into the Bodo station. We're basically at the end. We only have one minute and 40 seconds left. Jag må en i det jag ber att den minneplatten som när er er satt på stationsbyggningen här blir avduket till minne om dagen och att förhoppningar och förväntningar som alla har stillet till denna ban må gå i rik och fyllse. Härklar jag Nolandsban.
7: Open it. And we're at the end. Yeah, we well, are. Wow. We've literally reached the end of the that line. Is the end That's of the line. it.
1: We have made it. That is we're done. It literally cannot go any nope. further. You end in a flower
0: pot, a cement flower <laughs> pot.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining it's been it's been a, a real pleasure
1: thanks everyone and thank you thanks everybody. thank you this good is Diane. good
0: night
1: good night
0: Bye. and actually we're not going to get off the train just yet we have a beautiful collection of listener sounds from train stations all over the world that's coming up after the break
4: that is it. That is our season. Woo-hoo! Thank you so, so much for listening. Oh my God, I can't believe it's over. I know. For now. We'll be back. Yes. And while producing this episode, we heard that
5: some people consider NPR to be the original American slow radio, at least in the beginning. So, in honor of NPR's 50th anniversary this year, we collected some of those slow radio jams for you to enjoy. You can find them at npr.org slash 50.
4: Today's episode was produced by Abby Wendell and would not have been possible without all of the many people who joined Abby to watch Slow TV and talk about it. There were Slow TV experts, family, friends, Invisibilia listeners. Thank you so, so much. The Invisibilia listeners who participated signed up through our Invisibilia newsletter. If you want to learn more about the show, like how to participate in future weird experiments, Sign up at npr.org slash invisibilia newsletter.
5: Invisibilia is produced by Andrew Mambo, Abby Wendell, Yoe Shaw, and me, Kia Miakanajes. This episode was mastered by our technical director, Andy Huther. Our podcast manager is Liana Simstrom. This episode was edited by Luis Treyes. Our supervising senior producer is Nicole beamster Neil Carruth and Steve Nelson are senior directors of programming. And our senior vice president of programming is Anya Grunman. Thanks also to NRK for allowing us to use more sounds from their slow TV programs. Music for this episode provided by Connor Moore from Seymour Sound, Elizabeth DeLeese, and Rick Claris. And a very special thank you to our former intern, Carolyn McCusker, for composing this lovely montage of listener sounds from train stations around the world. If you have a sound you want to share, send it to Invisibilia Mail at npr.org.
0: And just, like, one piece of unfinished business before we take off. I'm, like, dying to know, yo way.
4: did did I do it? Did you listen all the way to the end? Are you still here? Oh, is this what you all have been waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so true story.
5: I did turn
4: it off before the end.
5: Oh. Mm-hmm. Where did we lose you? Just kidding! <laughs>
4: You <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, like, you're the worst. Oh <laughs> you're God. absolutely the
5: worst. Your
6: faces. Oh my gosh.